Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are ya? So last week, I did an episode about CPU architecture, and I talked about buses, which in this case are not vehicles meant to transport a group of folks from one place to a destination. Instead, We're talking about connections that allow data to pass through them. That could be raw data, or it could be instructions for a processor to perform on some raw data. And I mentioned that I would follow up with an episode explaining things like 8-bit and 16-bit machines all the way up to 64-bit systems and processors. So let's get to it. And first of all, a bit. Uh, Y'all probably know this. I'm pretty sure about that, but a bit is a single unit of digital information, and it can have one of two values or states. It can either be zero or it can be a one. And I always think of a simple light switch, like a light switch, a very simple light switch can either be off or it can be on, but that's it. Those are the only two options. So when we say something is an eight bit machine, you'll likely intuit 
that this has some relationship with eight bits, like eight units of this basic digital information. And you would be right. When we talk about a device or a program in terms of bit numbers like this, we're talking about the capability of the machine in question. So the more bits, the more capable the machine is at handling larger units of data at once, essentially in a single cycle, which we'll get to. So let's talk about those eight bits for a second first. With eight bits, you have 256 variations possible. So remember, a single bit has two potential states, a zero or a one. So that's it. It's, it's two to the power of one because you have one bit with two potential states. With eight bits, you have uh, two potential states, but eight different bits to it. So it's two to the power of eight values. That's 256 variations. And that goes from zero, 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 zero to one, 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 and then everything in between. So an eight bit system has a processor, memory, buses, etc., that can handle values of up to eight bits of data. So an eight bit CPU can transfer eight bits of data per clock cycle. Now, I did mention we were going to circle back on what a clock cycle is. So a CPU's clock is a, a bit of the CPU that has uh, an oscillating element. And that oscillation, a single oscillation is a full oscillation is a clock cycle. And that's how many cycles you have in a second that tells you your clock speed. So if you have an 8-bit system that was running at 1 megahertz, then that would mean you would have a system that's running at a million cycles per second. A megahertz would mean that you have a, a million uh, oscillations per second. And that would mean that for every second that passes, this processor could transfer 8 million bits of data in 8-bit chunks. And that would be the limitation of this particular system. Let's say then we were to step up to a 16-bit system. Now we're talking about a processor that can handle up to 16 bits of data at any given moment. And while 8 bits can represent up to 256 variations or values or states, if you prefer, 16 bits ups the game to 65,536 values or 2 to the 16th power. So this is a big jump, right? A 16-bit system can allow for much larger values than an 8-bit system. It can handle more data in a given amount of cycles. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that a 16-bit system it has a faster clock speed, although it probably would. And this is where thinking about physical buses, like the kind you would get on to go to work or to school or whatever, it actually becomes a little bit useful because we can kind of use an analogy. It's an analogy that has limitations, but we can kind of think of it. So let's say we've got two buses. One bus can hold just eight people, including the driver. The other bus can hold 16 people, including the driver. Now, both buses travel the same route and both buses have the same top speed. So bus A, which holds eight people, gets to its destination in two hours, let's say. Bus B can hold 16 people, but will also take two hours to get to its destination. So in other words, both buses required the same amount of time to travel from start to finish, but bus B was able to carry twice as many people. Well, if we think of computer systems and computer buses in a similar way, that kind of starts to illustrate what these different systems are capable of. However, we do have to say we're not talking about twice as many people 
when we go from 8-bit to 16-bit. The analogy doesn't totally work because the number of people and the bit size of information isn't really analogous. It just lets us separate the thought of capacity from speed because these are related but different. So as we step up from 8-bit to 16-bit, we see that the system is able to transfer way more information within a single clock cycle. And you might think uh, that as capacity, because the clock cycles are really the speed and the bit is the, the capacity here. So if somehow you had an 8-bit system that could run at a gigahertz and you had a 16-bit system that ran at a megahertz, well, yes, the 16-bit is handling more information per clock cycle, but the 8-bit system has way, way, way more clock cycles than the 16-bit system does. So again, related, but not the same. So a 16-bit system could handle binary numbers up to 16 bits long. So therefore, it stands to reason that when we start getting to a 32-bit processor, you're talking about its handling values that are up to 32 bits long, and a 64-bit processor then handles values up to 64 bits long, or digits verse that are up to 64 bits long. And when we get up to that capacity, the numbers start looking real meaningless because they get so big so fast. So remember... 16 bits, we're talking about, you know, 65,536 values, as I recall. If we're talking about 32 bits, that jumps way up to, oh, I don't know, what is it? Like um, 4,294,967,296 variations, I believe. So two to the 32nd power. Yeah, that's a lot. Like uh, suddenly we've gone super huge, but just wait, because once we get to the 64 bit system, forget about it. That's two to the 64th power in the number of values that you can have or represent with 64 bits worth of information. Uh, I can't even really give you the number there. We're talking about like 18 quintillion variations. You really need to go with scientific notation at that point in order to really handle stuff. So you're talking about like 1.84 times 10 to the 19th power on that one. And obviously that's an approximation, not specific. But yeah, at the end of the day, the bit designation tells us the size of data that a processor can transfer per clock cycle, how much information it can handle as it's performing these operations. So again, that combined with the clock cycle speed tells you how much information this can, processor can handle at once and how fast it appears to us. Now, making this more complicated is the software side of things. It probably seems obvious that a 16-bit machine cannot run 64-bit code. I'm not going to get into virtual machines here, but those do complicate things even more. And without an emulator, a 64-bit machine can't necessarily run 32-bit code. That being said, Windows machines have an emulator called WoW64. This allows a 64-bit Windows device to run 32-bit Windows-based programs on it. So most Windows users won't have really many issues if they happen to have a 64-bit uh, machine and Windows operating system, and they still want to run 32-bit software. But yes, that's a quick rundown on what those mean. So when you hear about like the original Nintendo being an eight bit system and then later systems being 16 or 32 bit systems, it really tells you about the capacity for those machines to handle larger amounts of information, which we typically experience either as faster processing 
or more sophisticated programs running on the machine. But I wanted to get down to the nitty gritty of what's happening in the, the bottom level to really understand that. Okay, that's it for this super short tidbits episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'll have another new episode for you tomorrow, a slightly longer one. And until then, I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.